Welcome to episode number 123, Try Harder. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Gabe Heck yep. and special guest Tim Witherspoon Jr. All right, try harder. In this episode, we have special guest Tim Witherspoon Jr. We cover topics that range from entrepreneurship, being a champ, small business, the sport of boxing, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Sugar Ray Robinson and Mike Tyson. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off, we are here at Tim Witherspoon Jr.'s gym. So you're going to hear some, uh, you know, some noise in the background. Everyone's doing their little prep work. Um, I think it's kind of cool. Thank you, Tim, for inviting us out here. Um, no it's very cool. Um, all right, so we'll kick things off with a definition from dictionary.com. As usual, we define the word try, and they define it as to attempt to do or accomplish, to endeavor, to evaluate by experiment or experience. All right. Now what we're all here for, Mr. Witherspoon, can yes, you please uh, tell us who you are and what you do? All right. Well, I'm Tim Witherspoon Jr. Um, son, I like to say this first, get it out of the way. I'm the son of the former two-time heavyweight world champion, Tim Witherspoon Sr. Nice. Um, and he's the one who passed on the family business to me. Nice. Uh, so that's pretty much what I do. I, I started out as a amateur boxer. My dad trained me. Uh, we went all the way. I had a professional career of ten years, nice. um, and now I'm into my I say my third career because I say my dad's career was part of my life. You know, I had to grow up doing that. Right. Uh, then I had my own career, and now I'm a businessman, nice. and now I'm running the gym, and uh, you know, trying to be successful at that. Perfect. That's awesome. Um, so, so speaking of the gym, I know you you recently opened uh, roughly um, seven months seven ago. Seven months in. Seven months in. So far, so good. Yeah, I couldn't ask for a better seven months. You know, uh, with any new business, you know, it's it's hard at first. Uh, I had my uh, moments where I was like, uh, I probably should have bought a farm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of uh, yeah. you know uh, opening up a gym, but. You know, every day I, I come in and, and we're just putting positive things on the board, you know. And, yeah. and awesome. when you have your own baby, which this is, this is my baby now. Yeah. Um, just watching it grow is something that makes you get up every day. Yeah. And, and you know, makes you push harder and, and, and do what you got to do. So was there, uh, I know you said your dad kind of handed the business down to you. Was there any, you know, tips or pointers, anything that he kind of bestowed upon you or that you just took? Yeah, well, you know, when it came to uh, boxing, not just me, you know, I have five sisters, and, and okay. they all have done it, you know, uh, not to the level that I've done it, but sure. you know, we all done it. My children do it. I have uncles that were, you know, professionals, cousins that are professionals, so... Wow. Uh, we lived it. It's not really something that my dad told me to do or something that he encouraged me to do. Yeah. I woke up, went to the gym with him, Yeah. you know, learned. So everything that's in my gym, I just over the years collected it you know so i tell people that i basically have a degree in boxing you know yeah. um i wasn't the kind of kid that was good at school yeah uh i was good at school i, mean, I was lazy though i wanted to go to school uh 
go to lunch and gym class. Right, right, right. <laughs> best, you know, class. Yeah, best class. Best class. <laughs> and, and then come home and go to the boxing gym, you know. Yeah. But now that I'm 34, uh, I'm realizing that uh, my education and what I'm doing today was going to the gyms and, and training and, and, and traveling and meeting new people. Uh, that, that also helps with uh, the hospitality aspect of what we're doing. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you, when you stay in one place and you really don't get out there to see what the world has, uh, it really limits you to uh, what you can, you know, see for yourself you know so when you're out there in the world and that's what boxing really did to me you know it made me i traveled to other countries you know other states met you know good and bad people everywhere so uh as far as your original question as my dad giving me any pointers he just the best thing he did for me was give me uh you know the guidelines to this way of life yeah 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 for sure so i know we're located here in bristol borough um in you know in PA where where did you actually grow up so and how did it become Bristol so technically I'm from Philadelphia okay okay. (laughs) but when my dad uh you know he was the world champ and everything I I was probably 86 I guess or something I was a year old and and we moved to Fairless Hills so yeah I'm a Pensbury kid I went to Pensbury High School uh I didn't go to college my my college was training camp yeah (laughs) um and I'm, I'm a local guy just uh, using what I have to, you know, make a difference and an impact in my community, you know. Uh, a lot of people, they seen me, you know, and maybe a newspaper article here or maybe yeah. they watch me on TV fight before, but they really don't know what's like what's inside of me, you know, sure. what I want to do as far as uh, the energy I want to give out to the community and the world, you know. Yeah. So th- this is my vehicle uh, to do that. Nice. I wanted to be a politician, you know. Yeah. That, that was gonna be that was gonna be my thing, but I feel like this is better. You know, I have yeah. a, a chance to, you know, actually help out that kid that, you know, is getting bullied or, yeah, you sorry. know, that uh, drug addict that might need something to take his mind off of drugs. You know, yeah. this is what I can use this vehicle for to, you know, help out people like that. Absolutely. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we, we kind of got like a little brief start of, you know, how you got started in the industry. Um, can you explain a few of your accomplishments along the way? Yeah, well, so as far as boxing goes, uh, in 2004, I was the Pennsylvania State Golden Glove champ. That's amateur boxing. Nice. Um, I To me, that's one of my biggest uh, accomplishments. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, then I turned pro soon after that. And... Uh, I went on to win two small, one small junior national title and one national title. Uh, they're not the, the size titles like you see Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury fight. Sure, for. sure. <laughs> you know, my my dad, he won the the WBC belt and the WBA belt, which were the their two big belts. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. So for me, um, you know, my my accomplishments in professional boxing. Uh, they're good for you know the the regular person the normal person yeah. even even a fighter in philadelphia they're pretty good for but yeah they weren't really what i inspired to have sure but now that i look at it it wasn't meant for me to yeah. to go that far if i would have did that then i wouldn't i'd be still probably fighting yeah uh, which i love to fight don't get yeah. me wrong yeah but I, there's so much more to life for me than that you know i spent 
my first amateur fight i was eight years old wow uh, so wow. you know all the that's way up cool. until 30 that's what, what i was doing okay you know and now that i have that break from that i have a chance to uh really you know use my mind and, and, and be creative i don't have to be this racehorse just waking up training going to sleep waking up training going to sleep right um my biggest um uh, Accomplishment, I guess, would be getting out of boxing and still having a <laughs> a, a brain, a clear mind, <laughs> a clear mind, yeah. and, and, uh, and and be being able to you know do other things in my life. Yeah, using boxing to do that. So what what um what made you decide to you know call it a rap for actually you know uh, like competition? Obviously, yeah. boxing is your life, but right. when you're like you know what, I'm done getting. Uh, in yeah, the ring or yeah. whatever it is. So uh, for me, I was I was a little tired, you yeah. know. Um, I was fighting back to back to back, traveling. You know, my son, uh, he was one month old. I was traveling overseas, you know, yeah. not seeing him the first year of his life. Uh, every time I would come back, he'd have to get to know me again, you know. Sure. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So uh, it was putting a strain in that aspect of my life, but. You know, it, it was also the right way that I fed them. You know, I was feeding them through boxing as well. Right. So that was a catch-22. But when it came up to my last fight that I ever had, um, a week before or maybe two weeks before I was running, and my knee just popped, boom. Mm. And uh, I didn't have health insurance at the time. Yeah. You know, when you're a boxer, if you're not really making a lot of money, you know, having a good manager or promoter to do things like that, you're pretty much on your own. I would say probably about 90% of boxers don't have health insurance. Wow. wow. Yeah. Because there's no, uh, you know, there's no NBA or MLB for boxing. It's kind of like the Wild Wild West. Yeah. So I went on. I fought the fight. Uh, I couldn't even move. I was training. You know, I couldn't run again. Uh, I had to lose weight in the sauna. I had to lose weight just hitting pads, being mm. stationary, you know. So I went on to fight anyway because, you know, people around me, they see me fight worse, you know, with dislocated arms and stuff wow. like that. Wow. And, uh, you know, it wasn't really the outcome that I wanted. I had a fight before that where I was on ESPN, you know, it was the biggest fight of my life, uh, Super Bowl weekend, and uh, it was a, I, I lost that fight. Mm. But it wasn't a fight where you lost and you thought, oh, well, you know, you don't go back. I was like, yo, I belong, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then when I went to that last fight and had a fight where I was supposed to win easily, but my body just couldn't keep up, I didn't have a way to go get my knee checked out, really, without the funds and without the insurance. Yeah. So I said, you know what, let me just take some time off, you know, and really think about it. And then I just thought, you know what? I'm making $60 an hour training people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, just teaching them everything that I know. Uh, you know, this money's kind of is kind of better than boxing money, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um so then I went that route and um you know, I, I so then boxing became something that could I still do it? Yeah, but do I have to do it? No. Right. You know, I I'm a much I can do a lot of things in my life. Right. Sure. Um all right, so what's your favorite part about the sport of boxing? Um, there's a lot of a lot of good things and a lot of bad bad things about the sport of boxing. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's what anything where money comes involved. You know, sure. Uh, I guess my favorite thing about boxing is that anybody can do it. 
Yeah. Uh, you don't need any equipment. You can go right out here in the park and, and uh, you know, you can practice. You can do what you have to do. So no matter if you're poor, you can use boxing and fight your way into to having some money. You know, it, yeah. it, that's what I like about boxing, that anybody can be successful, okay. you know, in the end if they really put the work in. Yeah. Um, so this um, we're following a uh, Elijah uh, Morales just got his. Uh, pro card and he was going for a second bout and uh, they kind of invited me out for his media day and i was you know just watching everything again i just went it was just like a local gym in uh trenton kind of like the same setup right and i was just watching him um because he, he had a shed like two or three pounds before you know within like the next 24 hours which apparently that's not too crazy apparently did what he was supposed right, to right, right. but you know one or two pounds hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you, they had a 45-minute discussion whether he should have a salad before he went to bed. And I'm looking around. I'm like, this is for real right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, this poor kid cannot have <laughs> a salad. And, and, and that's probably one of the hardest things and wow. one of the reasons why I don't want to do it anymore yeah. because I like to eat now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and, and the night before a fight is probably the hardest night you'll have as a fighter if you got to make weight. Yeah. Uh, heavyweights don't really have that big of an issue. Some of them do because they want to look like they're, you know, in shape. They don't want people to say, oh, he's 10 pounds heavier, even though he has no weight limit. Yeah. Um, but I've had that conversation many a times with my father. Uh, should I put uh, some lemon on the chicken or should I leave it plain? Wow. You know, wow. or, you yeah, know that's, that depth, that, that's how deep wow. it goes, you know. Um, and... and, and it doesn't stop after you weigh in. You know, you still got to eat healthy and you still got to, you know, uh, maintain, you know, and, and then you only get maybe a week in of freedom and, and then you're right back to doing it again. That's so... Yeah. What What is the first thing you do after, like, what was the first thing you did after a match? After a match? Well, so part of my re problem is I was always thinking about the after party. <laughs> so after a match, it, it, it depended, you know, it, it uh, depends. If it was an easy fight, you know what I mean? Sometimes the easy fights were hard on your body still. You know, your adrenaline's running, you sure, know, yeah. the crowd's there. So uh, you want to go party, but you can't really party. You know, yeah. everybody else is having fun, and you're, like, yeah. aching a little bit. You know, yeah. your adrenaline's starting to calm down it's after the recovering. fight. Yeah. And, and you're, even if you never got hit, it's still, like, you're in a car accident, you sure. know, and when yeah. your adrenaline stops running, you start to feel it. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, but yeah, maybe going out to you know with my family and friends. You you're also, as far as my training went, uh, you're abstinent. You know, yeah, yeah. from from your wife. Mm. You know, for thirty days or more. So you're looking to just be around your family. Yeah. Um, eat regular food. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, enjoy regular things you know because when you're training you have a one track mind man that's you're waking up working out you know you you, you can't really spend that time that you want to spend on other things that's crazy i mean like the whole like if we can get a little bit into the, the the mentality part how how do you maintain like you understanding what your motivation is is that what it is how do you stay so disciplined throughout those you know, uh, throughout your training process, knowing a fight's coming up. Because for the one thing, this kid, Elijah, just going back to his whole situation, I just saw a little snippet of everything he had to do and all the promotion they had to do. They had to sell a certain amount of tickets, and they're bum-rushed Atlantic City. They did it. They're coming from Florida. He's coming from out of town. All this stuff. Just mm -hmm. afford all the money and all this. Dude and the other and his competitor didn't have the proper paperwork, so the fight was canceled. Right. Well, How it happens do you, all the time. 
man and how wow. how That's do you yeah and i heard crazy. that i thought for me i think it was just because i saw the inside view and i was very invested in that sense mm -hmm. we're just watching this kid i'm like i can't wait you know i bought the ticket like and that was just a small little three yeah. days for me how the heck do you stay focused and disciplined i mean still? you know going back to the training aspect you know we're we're racehorses yeah so you know when you're training the racehorse what do you do you, you know they have those things so they can't yeah. see yeah, yeah, yeah. what's going yeah. on around them right so a, a good team for a fighter would do that for their fighter say look all you got to concentrate on is this this and this hmm. we'll take care of the rest yeah all right that's how you keep them focused on that now as far as being motivated you always have to believe that your opponent is training harder than you are yeah so if you're out here uh going to a nightclub you got to assume that your uh opponent is at home sleeping getting ready to train the next day yeah so that's your motivation wow. you know th these fighters are out there risking their lives so you got to give yourself the best opportunity to stay healthy safe and win yeah you know sure. uh, that's your motivation right there so but okay so even going for me back to, i mean it might be different for everybody but sure for me and, and even going back to what you're just saying how does like for example his opponent didn't have the proper how mm -hmm. he himself does all this training himself yeah. and doesn't he and you said it's, that happens a lot it like, happens ha a lot but why it's not just the fighter you know the promoter might something might happen with the whole show wow you know i've been that i've been ready to weigh in after not having that solid you know yeah. and, and the fight's been called off uh wow. there's just so many different Man, moving parts crazy. that go into it you know um that anything could happen uh you just you know you, you, it's part of the game yeah it'll happen to an amateur it'll happen to somebody that's supposed to get paid uh you, you hope not to get used to it you know you yeah. hope everything but it, it is part of it and what you do is you got to stay in shape and wait for your opportunity um to fight so is that kind of the, the equivalent of getting injured as well yeah well that's another thing you know somebody can get injured you know the week of the fight and uh, you don't have a fight. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes they'll try to get in replacement. You know, there's been replacements the day of a fight. Wow. You know, <laughs> that's what happens. Uh, I, a short story real quick. I yeah. was in England uh, re getting ready to fight. And I was training for a guy that his name was Daniel Thorpe. He was a journeyman. He probably had like 100 fights already. Oh, my gosh. You know? Holy But it was the right lot. fight for me at the time. Yeah. Um. I went on to BoxRec, which is a website where you can check uh, people's records, you know, and this is how you guys can check and see if someone's real, really telling you what they're, what they are. And oh, wow. So it yeah. also has your upcoming fights, you know, what, what fights are scheduled and everything. So I go on there and I look two days before the fight and they have somebody, a Mark McRae, I actually ended up fighting him. They had Mark McRae up there. I'm training for Daniel Thorpe, who's a left-handed person. Uh, oh, man. Wow. Who I have video on, and I've been studying the fight the whole time. Uh, and then They switched it up. They switched it up on me. Uh, that's not huh. the worst part. I uh, So I find out, you know, they, they tell me, you know, who he is or whatever. I have no video of him or whatever. So we're going. We just said, all right, we're going to go. Yeah. Uh, I'm all the way overseas, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, really. So I didn't even see him weigh in. The first time I saw this guy was when we were both were standing across from each other and the bell rang. Wow. Yeah. You can watch that fight on YouTube, too. It's Tim Witherspoon Jr. versus Mark McRae. And uh, 
I, I had at that point I had to just when the bell rung I had to just go out there and do what I had to do you know yeah. um because I had no idea what I was facing but things like that happen all the time wow you know? so Elijah's kind of lucky that he had the heads up yeah you know so he can prepare for whoever they they do get him sometimes you yeah. you're not that lucky yeah so so what's what what would you say the biggest misconception of boxing is that everybody's rich doing it. That's the biggest misconception, you know. Yeah, Uh, it's a hard, hard road. I would say, you know, out of all the professional fighters, you know, five percent of us uh, have made good money. You know, ten percent of us have made good money. Wow. You Hmm. know, uh, there's not that many. The Floyd Mayweather's an an anomaly in our sport. Sure, Sure. Uh, there are people that you see on TV that are making really, really good money, um, but compared to how many professional fighters there are out there, not there's no one's rich. <laughs> wow, wow. So, so can you explain a little bit for uh, you know those out there who not, are not really into boxing or don't know much of it? What what is what is when they say? Well, first of all, what weight class were you in? Uh, second of all, what? What what is it when they say your walk around weight versus when you go in and actually fight? Right. So uh I started out at lightweight okay. at one thirty five. I was still six foot, same height. Yeah. You know, um I started out that late. Then I started getting older, couldn't lose you know, the weight is as easy. fast as easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh then I moved on to uh one forty, which is light welterweight or super lightweight, whichever word you you choose gotcha. to use and then i finished my career at 147 which is welterweight okay um now as far as uh the walk around weight goes it, it that's different for everyone but that's just your natural body weight that you know you go to when you're not training full on gotcha you know? so me when i was fighting at 140 i would walk around only at like 145 150 i would never go over it over that okay so it wasn't um, like nah. something obnoxiously yeah not okay. for some fighters it is okay for some fighters it is um and uh fighters what they really do and i think a lot should do is just lose weight to touch the scale and make that weight are you not really trying to stay at that weight for too long okay. yeah, yeah yeah you're just trying to make weight and then rehydrate after you get on the scale and, and refuel so you'll be ready to have the energy to fight mm. I saw a guy, I don't even know how this is possible, maybe you can explain it, uh, last night, so we're watching the box, uh, you know, the Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder fight, right. um, and obviously they had a couple, you know, fights before, and one of the fighters, mm-hmm. one of the fights, I'm telling you, I could be totally wrong, but I was staring at the screen, I'm like, am I staring at this right? This, the weight class was like 142 or something like that, 140 something, and this dude that night was 162. Yeah. I'm like, tw- it was like 20 what? pounds. yeah. yeah. How is that possible? Uh, rehydrating overnight, you know. He he was water drained, you know. When you have to make weight, and, and a lot of fighters do this, uh, you don't take water in the day before. Wow. Uh, you just cost. pee it all out, you know. Yeah. And, and um, just do it just enough to make the scale, and then rehydrate. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he... That's twenty pounds. Twenty yeah, that pounds. Was, that was big. Right, yeah. we were talking yeah. about last night. I'm like, I've I mean, never. I mean, I seen like five, ten pounds more. Yeah, but twenty. It was like that's more heard of in the MMA area of yeah. things. Okay. You know, they do like the wrestler. You know, drastic weight cut. Yeah. And then they come back up. I really twenty pounds is a lot, and even in some states, it's illegal for you to rehydrate over ten pounds uh, uh, higher than than the weigh-in weight. 
Wow. So, I didn't know that. Gaining yeah. that extra weight, does that affect on your performance? It, like, it's all by case scenario, you know. Okay. Everybody's body's different. Right, you right. You know, for me, uh, I w- it was really hard for me to rehydrate after I weighed in. Um, so I would try to be on weight a week beforehand okay. or, or two weeks beforehand so I didn't have to really worry about that as much. Um, but some fighters can suck it down and then yeah. go right That's back crazy. up. Yeah. But that can't be good for your body. I was going to say, that can't be healthy, it's right? It's not good for your kidneys. You know, eventually, you're not going to be able to keep up with that. You're going to have to move up anyway and, and wait. Right. So uh, kind of switching gears. All right, so, so let, talk, talking about the, the actual, uh, you know, the actual sport of it, can you explain, uh, you know, the equipment specifically, boxing gloves and the significance of their weight? Yeah, well, I mean, first let's talk about how you don't really need expensive equipment. Okay. Um, you don't really need. Uh, I mean, I mean, you you do need some guidance, you know, to, to teach you uh, what you need to know. But there's people in jail that become really good at boxing. You yeah. Know, they don't have equipment. Right. You know, right. They wrap right. their hands in pillows and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> boxing is just that sport. That, like I said, if you don't have the money there'll be a way for you to still participate and, and, and get good. Um, now, as far as standard things go, uh, I know here in, in Philadelphia, uh, the standard glove to spar in is uh, 16 ounces, and no respectable uh, professional would ever go underneath that. Yeah. But okay. really, every respectable professional would go above that like me i used to train in 18 ounces all the time gotcha uh most professional fighters will be using 18 ounces uh for the regular person coming in that wants to maybe train and and aspire to compete one day uh, 16 ounces is what i would tell them to get for sparring Mm -hmm. uh maybe 14 ounces to work out and hit the bag and stuff but really you should be using uh a heavier glove because when you do compete you're only fighting in 12 ounces or 10 ounces so it makes it a lot faster okay. for your hands wow, so that's okay. what the weight difference and the resistance you know with with the heavier gloves does for you so i saw a um uh man i'm forgetting his first name but his nickname they call him king risotto he's yeah, another gabriel I yeah know. gabriel yeah. right out of philadelphia yep. um his last fight his camp uh, complained about the other fighter. I don't know what the term is. You could probably tell us, but I guess over padding his knuckles or his, his hands. I don't know what that's called and what's the significance of that. Um. Well, there's standard rules of things, and and I just had a fighter fight uh, Friday night, and I had to wrap his hands. And the amateur way that you wrap your hands is different than the pro way. And uh, how so? In the amateurs, you can't put tape over the knuckles. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah you have to keep that clear, but in professional fighting you can bring it up to the knuckle okay. um, gotcha. yeah you see the the so, knuckles they're really yeah, like yeah they're pronounced. really padded yeah yeah um but every state has its own different rules of what you can do and what you can't do i, I didn't see that specific incident but okay. i do know that uh people have been caught wetting their wraps to make it like plaster uh oh my gosh you know people wow. have been caught cutting the inside of their gloves out uh you know, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Anything to get the edge, you know. Wow. You know? Um, and, and these are well-documented situations. You can look on the Internet and find all these things. You know, people putting, you know, medicine in their water when you're only allowed to have just water. You know, something to help your lungs expand. There's all hmm. these 
tricks and stuff like that. Um, now back to That's Gabriel. Crazy. I don't know. I don't. I, I didn't really see that incident, but uh, his trainer is Billy Briscoe, and I know I'm pretty sure he was on top of. Uh, you know, everything yeah. to make so, sure that his fighter didn't get cheated. So the next scene they show is literally someone from Gabriel's camp over to his component's mm-hmm. camp. Oh, and they yeah. literally, like, they switched uh, trainers, I guess, watching them. Watching get, them rap, yeah, them yeah. Rap. So, it's you know, a serious thing. Yeah, yeah, wow. and it happens, you know. Um, huh. the, the trainer from the other guy will come. It's happened to me and you know, watch you wrap your hands to make sure nothing goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, not just them, though. There's also... In a good state athletic commission, which Pennsylvania has a good one, um, there should be a official watching you as well. Gotcha. Uh, while getting wrapped up. Getting- watching you while you're getting wrapped. They mark the wraps off, you know, to make sure that they pass the inspection. Okay. And then, uh, you know, they watch you put your gloves on, tape it. Then they mark those. You see sometimes the tape has writing on it. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the state athletic commissioners uh, marking it to say that it's okay. And it's like a tamper, gotcha. so you can see if someone tampered with it. You know, yeah, sometimes yeah, they you might take see. off the tape and exactly. do something behind the back. But you can't, after you get those gloves, You in uh, most uh, proper venues, you can't get out of the way of the athletic commission. Okay. You, you can't go to the bathroom without them watching you or nothing. You wow, know, they're wow. right there with you the whole time. And when you take off the gloves at the end of the fight, they're right there to collect them. So next time you guys watch a fight, that's interesting. You see those guys with the badges on right there. They're not really doing anything, but they're inspectors. They're inspecting everything. All the rules that are going on ringside as far as make sure that's uh, all upheld. It's all upheld. Wow. Um, Can can you explain? I I know it's me and um, I I was an athlete in high school and we used to get, you know, kind of pumped up for, uh, you know, whatever sport it was, whether it's baseball, basketball, whatever. And I can sleep easily just because in my mind, I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's just a sport and it's just high school. Yeah, yeah, but how how in the world, there's some fights that I get pumped just to watch. Right. And I'm pacing, you know, oh my gosh, if these commentators <laughs> don't stop talking, I just want to see the fight. Sure. How is it as a fighter, a competitor, as a fighter, as a champ, and you're just like, how do you sleep the night before? Or do you even sleep the night before? You, you want to sleep the night before <laughs> yeah. because if you don't fall asleep, that those thoughts will uh, get in your head. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, in the amateurs, it was a little bit harder for me to sleep. It'd be like Christmas the next day. You yeah, know, yeah, you, yeah. You're just waiting to go and anticipating. But the more professional you get, you, you understand how important it is for you to get your rest. And you really do things to shut down, you know. And, and you're doing that pretty much your whole training camp. Yeah. You know, trying to keep everything in routine and the same. You know, uh, sometimes when you watch like uh, Floyd Mayweather training on those 24 sevens and stuff like that, you'll yeah. see his routine is he'll train at the same time he's going to fight that night. So he doesn't get out gotcha. of that routine. Hmm. You know, he'll sleep when he sleeps. And, and I'm, I guarantee you that that's what he does on fight day, too. Wow. The same thing. Hmm. Um, so, it, it, again, it's case by case, you know, thing. Depends on who you are, what kind of fighter you are. But. The, the later you are in your career, the more you'll be able to handle that part. Yeah. Um, what do you, like, to pump yourself up, like, motivate yourself before the fight? Yeah. What do you do? I mean, I just see, we see people coming in with, like, different songs. Yeah, or yeah, Like, yeah. last night we had um, uh, the game coming in with an outro, like, singing out. Yeah, like that. Like, yeah. What is so, it? my whole training camps i would be listening to music that was only capable of being ring entrance music you know so when i'm running i'm listening to stuff that's getting me pumped up oh, right, you know, right. i'm training it's something that i know that if i put it on when i'm walking to the ring 
it's going to get me hyped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm doing the whole time, training. Now, the day of the fights, and my girlfriend, she'll tell you this, we have to watch the movie 300. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> that every, you know, the end of my career, uh, about the last seven, eight fights, I watch that movie every time because it just gets me just the warrior aspect. You sure. know, they, they were the underdogs, you know. Yeah, there was yeah. Only you know 300 of them they had to fight all these you know army. empires and stuff like that that just that really 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 motivated me that movie that's <laughs> awesome still does. um you know w- watching a, an actual fight um there's a lot going on there's a lot of people screaming yelling how how can you can you make us understand how is it that through all that you can actually hear your corner or your coach or whoever it is is telling you kind of and i'm assuming they're telling you stuff that probably you can't see as a, as a fighter and they're telling you what angles to go at right or, or maybe you can elaborate on that as, as to actually what they're saying they're not telling you you know you're going to get a slice of pizza after this yeah or something. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know when it comes to that is is really something that you have to train yourself to do as well yeah um to go back to talking about people earlier in their career, it's really hard for them to focus and everything. It's a lot to take in at the mm. time, a yeah. lot of energy. You know, yeah. you're walking to the ring your first time. You know, you, you you might see your mom, but you might not be realizing that that's your mom because of all the stuff that's going, going on in your, your mind. Head, yeah. The longer you do this, the more you do it, you develop how to uh, handle those situations a little bit better. Yeah. So earlier in my career, I was having fights. I was winning them too. I was winning, but yeah. they would be over like that, you know, because I, I wasn't slowing down in my head. I wasn't right. really okay. looking at what was happening. Right. Yeah, I was winning, but could I have knocked the guy out? Right. I probably would have been able to knock him out if I would have slowed things down. Sure. Right. So you you really have to learn uh, along the way how to handle that high uh, stress situation. Mm-hmm. For me, I know it's to identify what's going on around me. So don't get lost in the whole crowd, you know. When you do see your mom, say, oh, hey, mom. You know what I mean? (laughs) All right, we're walking to the ring now. Okay, I'm getting into the ring. All right, it's about to be game time. You know, what am I going to do when I first, when that bell rings? Okay, I'm going to go out there and throw my jab. I make sure that I have at least up to that part in my head Mm. ready to go. Yeah. And then everything else is to the side. Yeah. But I do do know that on some level, the crowds do affect uh, the boxers because you can hear once a boxer, you know, sneaks in a punch or two in there Mm. and the crowd starts going crazy, all of a sudden you see some boxers just let off. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they, the crowd can either feed you energy or take it away from you wow. uh going back to another fight i had in england uh, uh, i didn't know at a time at the time that they were doing this but you ever watch a, a, a european soccer match and they're doing the chanting you know they're oh whatever yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, i mean yeah they were doing that to me uh uh <laughs> But the re- reason why I said they were doing that to me in my fight is because they were using specific words and they were chanting uh, "American C word." <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> American C word. Wow. wow! Yeah, yeah. Wow! Wow! So, wow. I, I I equate that to a. <laughs> basketball player who has to shoot a free throw and everybody's behind there waving waving this little yeah. you know what I yeah, mean yeah, yeah. you have to have that kind of convert, uh, concentration uh, to be able to handle those situations now I didn't know that those were the re- words that they were using until <laughs> afterwards one of my one of my English friends were like yo did you hear what they were saying about you know but you know, yeah, cheering me on. I thought they were singing like uh, you know their neighborhood songs yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know what they were saying. But if I was a little bit later in my career, I probably would have picked that up. 
yeah. because I could have focused on what was going on. You know, yeah. a lot of times when I was in the ring, I could hear like uh, my girlfriend's voice or my mom's voice. Mm. Yeah, but I couldn't. Uh, that w- those were probably the only voices I could hear because yeah. I was used to those voices. Like right. my dad or my uncle, who were my trainers, uh, I would have to wait to come back to the corner to really uh, get their voices. Yeah. You know? Um. All right, cool. All right, so let's talk a little bit of business. I know you talked about, you know, why you wanted to start the boxing gym. Um, but what's, can you explain to us what's the most difficult part? And I know you just got started and we're seven months in. For the last seven months, what was the most difficult yeah. part about having your own business? Uh, you know, it's definitely the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, most people think that they're going to start a business up and everything is going to be golden and yeah. you're going to go right in there and everything's going to work out the way that you want it to work out. But that's not the way it is. You know, yeah. uh, your, your life is going to definitely change. You know, you're not going to be able to do homework with your kids like you used to be able to, you know, you're not going to be able to pick them up from the bus or, you know, go out for that dinner that you wanted to go out for because you're building a, a empire. You know, you're, you're taking care of a baby right now. Yeah. Um, so the, the hardest part for me was uh, not being able to just go to work and come home. You know, mm. it's 24 hours. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, you also get to see how when you progress that that gets easier and easier and sure. easier. Um, so yeah, to me, I think the time is the hardest part. The time commitment. Yeah. Um, and, and then what is your overall goal with your business slash gym? Well, I would hope to be like the staple of boxing in Bucks County. Hmm. You know, um, there's not really a Bucks County boxing center. Yeah. You know, so along with we've already promoted our, our first boxing show. You know, we were only four months in when we did that. Wow. Uh yeah. And um you know we're we're doing a lot of community events as well. Like we'll be doing breakfast with Santa uh at the fifth ward down yeah. here down the street. We'll be doing that on the ninth. I go to uh you know uh there's a recovery house called Good Friends. I go talk to them, uh and give other guys my age, you know, a little uh, insight on what I've been doing with my life and maybe give them some inspiration that they can do it too. Uh, so I want to be, you know, uh, a staple of boxing in Bucks County. And I also just want to be a, a person that just touches everybody. And the way that I do that is with boxing, you know, and, and hopefully people can have a, a positive outlook. Cause I know that not everybody's going to be a champion. You sure. Know? And, and we will have a champion come out of this gym, but, I built a gym for everyone, you know, so people that don't necessarily want to get hit can come here and feel good and and get the experience of boxing, but also see the other things that we're doing in the community as well and be a part of that. That's awesome. So to be a staple um, in Bucks County, you picked one heck of a town. We're in Bristol, (laughs) Pennsylvania, uh, 925 Canal Street. got lucky. And (laughs) I mean, the building is a historical uh, building to begin with. Uh, but, man, when you guys come and visit this gym, it is absolutely beautiful. Very well put together. Um, highly professional. It, it is beautiful in here, man. Congratulations Thank you. Thank on you. the uh, the gym because it is awesome. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, so, all right. So, switch things up. Uh, I know you say, um, you know, the home work-life balance thing. How, how – I know the, the seven, this past seven months must have been absolutely crazy um, and still oh, is. Still is. <laughs> um, how, how are you managing that? Uh, well, you know, back to the movie 300. Yeah. Uh, in that movie, one of the biggest things that I picked up about it is that 
not everybody can be on the front line. Not everybody can be wow. a fighter. You need, in the army, you need people to play their positions, you know what I mean? So my support system is how I'm managing and getting through things. You know, I'm not just doing this by myself. Right. You know, I have a girlfriend who takes care of the decorating and making, right, right, right. And making the gym smell good. I was going to say, it smells real yeah. pretty. I was going to say, I, here, I, I didn't say that. I'm like, man, it's a nice smelling you know, gym. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just see what people's good qualities are and if they want to help we're going to sure. use you in you know the best way that you can i know that you're not everybody's a killer you know right not everybody's a killer right. some people need to be here to clean the bodies up off the field right you know so i, I just you know i have my social uh, social media directors that help me out they're good friends but they're helping me out in that department because that's what they're good at right you know i have a guy that helped me out with my website because that's what he's good at right uh you know i have a you know, everyone has an accountant, but <laughs> sure. You know, if someone helping me out with my books, I'm not just doing it on my own. So, right. if you go into business thinking that you know it all, that you can do it all yourself, it's going to be a very hard, long road. Yeah. You know, you have to depend on your support system. That's great advice. And and in following up with that, to kind of piggyback on what you just said, what is your recommendation to anyone trying to achieve their dream or start a business? Um, just wake up every day and do something. You know, it don't have to be everything yeah. in one day. Just do something. You know, it doesn't even have to be all of something. Just go into the positive direction because once you get that ball rolling heavy, it's not going to stop. Right. You know, uh, if I would have stopped earlier when I was like, oh, man, I'm trying to raise this money. You know, a deal fell through. If I would have stopped and not tried the next day to do a little bit towards raising the money again, I would have never got here. Right. You know, so... Even if you don't get everything accomplished that you want to get accomplished one day, just do something. I like it. I like it. All right, cool. So if uh, anyone wants to reach out to you, how can they, you know, social media handles or websites? How can yeah, they reach out? Um, so we're on Facebook with our spoon boxing. Um, we're on Instagram, WS underscore box. Uh, the same with Snapchat and Twitter. Um, and it, I don't know our phone number off the top of my head. I don't know. And my phone is Witherspoon Boxing. So Perfect. <laughs> uh, but um, you, can, you can Google us. That's the best way to find us. That's where we get most of our business anyway. So Okay. So, so can you tell uh, everyone what services you guys actually offer here? Yeah. So we, we offer not just boxing. You know, our, our Muay Thai program is also pretty strong, which okay. is essentially kickboxing with uh, elbows and, and knees in it. Okay. Uh, my instructor, Jordan Jones, just came back from Thailand. He had two fights over there. Nice. Uh, and he won them both. Nice. Him and his uh, girlfriend both were over there for a year living, just wow. living a life. So now I'm wow. really uh, blessed to have them teaching uh, classes here for us. We go way back. Yeah. Um, and then we offer also our, our uh, kids program for boxing, which is really good. You know, there's not that much contact in there. Uh, we invite all the kids and all the adults that want to spar to come on their own times. Uh, so we're just giving the technique to people and letting them go as far as they want to go. Uh, we also offer fitness boot camps. Uh, in the back, we have that uh, every night of the week except Wednesday, and then we have one on Saturday morning where that's just uh, you get a good workout. And similar to CrossFit, not as intense. Mm. Uh, it's more catered towards uh, the 
normal person that wants to start getting in shape fitness wise okay. do a lot of body weight exercises nice. and you know dumbbell work and stuff like that and conditioning and then we also have a yoga studio where we have yoga in here nice. and our, our yoga instructor cindy her she's known well around here nice and uh we added that to the to the rotation we're trying to get some zumba and, and you know some tai chi maybe some other studio type exercises okay. so we can include the whole community because like i said not everybody wants to box sure, sure. you know so right. yeah are we a boxing gym is that what i'm known for yeah but sure. you can come here and you can get something you know you can get something from me i like it i like that approach kind of expanding uh outside of boxing but it's still within the realm of you know yeah. health and fitness Perfect. All right, so there you have it, folks. We like to close our episode with quotes, and the first one is by Sugar Ray Robinson. He says, rhythm is everything in boxing. Every move you make starts with your heart, and that's in rhythm, and you're in trouble. Um, all right, and the second one is by Mike Tyson. The temp for greatness is the biggest drug in the world. Uh, so there you have it, folks. Try harder. In this episode, we have special guest Tim Witherspoon Jr. We cover topics that range from entrepreneurship, being a champ, small business, the sport of boxing, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Sugar Ray Robinson and Mike Tyson. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, jimmyleevelez.com. Follow the blog. If you have any inquiries or questions you would like for us to answer on a future episode, uh, just email us at info at And on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. And until next time, adios. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.